0: Welcome to Take the Black Live, the only show on the internet where we talk about things like Game of Thrones, Star Wars, space lasers, dragons, giant lions, hip-hop materials, fantasy, sci-fi, exclusive interviews with Ryan Condal, the showrunner of House of the Dragon, HBO's Game of Thrones prequel follow-up show. I am Dan Selke, and I am here with Mia Johnson of of dorksideoftheforce.com. Mia Johnson, how are you doing today?
1: Oh my gosh, I'm doing really awesome. I'm pumped for the Mandalorian, so I've just been on like, you know, running on adrenaline this entire week. I can't believe it's only Wednesday.
0: <laughs> yeah, this is an exciting week. It starts in zero. And yes, hello everybody for watching. We were just a couple seconds late. You you can forgive us, Julie. I hope. Uh, hello, <laughs> Kurt. Hey, Julie. Hey, Josephine. Kurt again, Martha, Josephine. Sorry. Uh, thanks for coming. And we have some good stuff to share with you all today. I thought we would start, Mia. Did you know that the other day, um, Winter is Coming.net writer Corey Smith snagged an interview um, with Ryan Condal. Ryan Condal, of course, is the television producer behind such shows as Colony. He has a new podcast about Hollywood memorabilia called The Stuff Dreams Are Made Of, I believe. <laughs> And that was very interesting. But what we really kind of clandestinely wanted to talk to him about (laughs) was the fact that, I mean, it was very cool. His podcast sounds very, very neat. You should listen to it. But he's also the showrunner of House of the Dragon, the Game of Thrones prequel show that is um, coming up probably next year. Um, We'll we'll, we'll see what happens. Maybe early 2022. 2022, actually, I think is about it. (laughs) And we wanted to ask him, like, how's that going? And we yeah. did, and he said <gasps> a couple of things. I thought I would share some with you right now.
1: Let's do it. This is exciting. This is this really is exciting. Big. <laughs> I feel like
0: it's good. I mean, he, to be fair, he has been like going around talking about the podcast, and everyone has the exact same idea. By the way, it's like so. Your <laughs> podcast is really cool, right? You got the from Citizen Kane. That's great. And then 45 minutes in, they're like, so about the Game of Thrones, people cool you're managing. What about this?
1: <laughs> yeah, that's natural. It's natural.
0: <laughs> it is, and um, th- and, and 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 thank you very much, Ryan Connell, for talking to us.
1: Mm-hmm. Um,
0: and his podcast partner, who was a showrunner on Veep, by the way. Um, wow. So some some big talent here. Anyway, he told us some interesting stuff. He told us, first of all, this is the great Game of Thrones fact for all you out there, that he originally wanted to make, instead of House of the Dragon, which is about um, the Targaryen Civil, Civil War, which is the Dance of the Dragons, Is a show he's working on. He originally pitched to HBO. He wanted to make... Um, the Tales of Duncan Egg, which is a series of novellas that George R. R. Martin wrote, set in Westeros about 100 years before the main show, kind of like a much smaller scale thing about like this um, kind of big sort of dumb knight named Duncan the Tall, who travels <laughs> Westeros with his tiny, um, bald-headed, eventually will be king of Westeros, Targaryen squire, Aegon Targaryen, the fifth, the unlikely. They're really good books. They're really good novellas. The, what I like about them so much, and what Ryan said too, is that they're very um, kind of smaller in scale. Mm. Like Game of Thrones and Anna Dance and House of the Dragon are both like you know continent-spanning wars, but this yeah. sh- Duncan Egg is the the novels so far. The novellas are more like it's just it's just these two guys kind of having adventures, which uh-huh. is. Kind of cool, because Westeros has always been like, Game of Thrones was always like, the fate of the universe, the White Walkers are coming. It was always so yeah. huge, so this was kind of cool that it was smaller scale. And he said, he basically agreed. He hmm. said, um, I very passionately pitched Duncan Egg as a spin off idea because I thought that's a great way to go. With the original series, how do you even follow it? It's so big, it's so scopy. it's so successful. The only way to do it is to go against the grain, do some sort of lone wolf and cup, this wandering sort into the countryside. And then, interestingly, he said that HBO loves *Duncan Egg. They desperately love it. But George really wants to finish writing these stories before that's adapted. I think he wants to be a little more involved with that. Mm. So, on the one hand, I get it. Because, like, he he went into Game of Thrones thinking, like, Oh, I'm, I'm going to finish this before they're done with the show. It'll be fine. And then yeah. that didn't happen. So maybe he's like, Eh, I don't want to do that again. Um with the obvious counterpoint to that being, like, it's great you say you want to finish the novellas mm-hmm. before the show happens, George, but, you know, what what you say and what happens might be two different things.
1: <laughs> I know. Yeah, I would hate for that to be put on the shelf just because we're going for that one, you know, bump in the road or kind of George Armbard basically being this gatekeeper, like, no, you know, it has to be finished. I think that they... With this, with basically all the, you know, this project that they have going on, that takes time to do. And then they would have, if they want to also do Dunkin' Egg, that would give them, you know, at least if they want to do a first season, that gives George R. R. Martin some time. <laughs> Maybe a second season, he would get some more time. Um, but to me, it also sounds like he doesn't want to be distracted from writing as well, because I get that's a lot of like hats to wear to like write
0: and yeah. then to go
1: consult on the show. So I get it. But for the fans' sake, I'm like, eh, come on.
0: <laughs> I mean, if Game of Thrones proved anything, it's that George R. 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 Martin doesn't get a lot of work done when he's also involved in making a TV show. Mm-hmm. So it's it's, it's it's that weird Catch-22, right? Where he's like, the second you decide he wants to adapt a show based on his work, suddenly the work stops happening. <laughs> so it's, um, I don't know if that's irony or something, but it definitely is. Anyway, that yeah. part was cool. He also told us Ryan Condal that um, just about House of the Dragon. Of course, he came around um, after he pitched the original idea. He, he kind of went away for a while, and then they brought him back because they had this whole thing where they they had like five ideas percolating. They and Ryan Condal was the Duncan Egg guy that, that that didn't go forward because of George R. R. Martin. They mm-hmm. chose the Naomi Watts show Blood Moon. They made a pilot, didn't like it apparently said, no, we're not going to do that, and then came back to House of the Dragon, which was originally developed by Brian Cogman, who worked on the original show. Only by the time they got back to it, Brian Cogman had been signed up for Amazon to do a different development deal. Ooh. So they brought in Ryan Condal, who is now on it, and he knew George R.R. R. Martin. They were friends from a while back, writer friends. And he said of the new show, he's way into it, we're really trying to approach this show and honor all the things that were great about the original while not just doing a cover of the song you've heard before. I like that part. Um, it's trying to be original without completely trying to break the box. There's That's the balance we're trying to walk. And I'm very proud of what we're done. I'm trying to write the series that makes me very happy as a two-decade fan of this thing. And he talked about how he's been a, song, a fan of So song and George o. Martin for, like, years and years and years. He found the books, like, 20 years ago uh, when they were still relatively new. Loved them, fell in love with them, loved them like Lord of the Rings. And um, now I, I, it sounds like he's a super fan who's getting a chance to um, have a crack at one of the things he really likes, which is pretty cool. Yeah, yeah.
1: That's always good, too, when you can really get the people who, like, know the material. I was watching something where it was criticizing kind of like Zack Snyder and even Christopher Nolan, like their takes on Batman and Superman. It's like, look, Mm -hmm. this this sounds like it's coming from a person who only read, like, the most popular comics or the (laughs) most, you know, to try to adapt what they think is cool. But it's like when you know the material front and back that's when you get the best results so that sounds you know like that sounds pretty promising to me i don't see any downsides to it at all
0: it does i mean i i really like when i mean obviously you want passion i mean th- there could be downsides I, I don't think there will be for this but like there are instances where a fan comes in and like is so slavishly devoted to like you know kind of making the, their their fan service version that they don't do a good job but it doesn't seem like it would happen here yeah I'm sure I I didn't come with any examples I'm sure there are some but you know we're in a live <laughs> show I can't go googling right now but I mean I also like how he said that he doesn't want to make it like a cover of the original song yeah and you know make it true to the spirit of the original show but also its own thing which it, it, I mean granted is one of those things that's very easy to say and hard to do but it's also something that I think is pretty vital mm-hmm. to making sure a new show is going to resonate because like look you you can't we 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 don't I don't want Game of Thrones again I already had Game of Thrones yeah. I I love the kind of the universe they have I love the tone I want a new story and I think that's the a, a good mentality to have but yeah we're gonna we're gonna honor the original show but we're gonna do our own thing.
1: Yeah, that is the question to ask. It's like, do the fans want, you know, a cut and copy? Do they want the same thing, just you know, now it's got a different story? Or do like you like you saying, do they want a cover of it or kind of this remix of it? I I really don't know where I stand on this. That's an interesting debate all on its own. Because it's like you know you love this thing because of the way it was done. So now that it is going to be done over, are you going to be bored with the repeat or are you going to be satisfied that they're kind of sticking to the formula? So I'd be bored with the know. repeat. I, <laughs> yeah. I get criticized by my brother a lot because he says all of the music I listen to sounds the same. And like this one guy, every single album sounds the same. Mm-hmm. I'm like, I kind of like that because I know it's always consistent. But
0: <laughs> I get true. that. You know, sometimes
1: yeah. you want a little variety. <laughs>
0: I mean, it's that whole thing we, we where you have to find like something that we didn't know we were missing in our lives. We like we didn't know we needed it until we hear it or see it, and we're like, "Oh, I can't live without this."
1: That's it's, true. It's, it's yeah. that
0: magic bullseye that everyone wants to hit. very very hard. Yeah. But um, yeah, <laughs> he also told us that a uh, Paddy Considine, the guy who's playing King Viserys Targaryen the first, was their first choice to do it, cool. um, which is great. And again, thanks so much for talking with us. For talking with Corey. Uh, Ryan Condal, I hope we can talk to you in the future, too, about your podcast, with um, your podcast partner, and about House of the Dragon. A pleasure speaking with you on behalf of Corey Smith. who actually spoke with you. I did not speak with him. <laughs> okay. Let's see what some of the comments are saying. <clears throat> the tone is the important thing, says Martha. I agree. Yeah. It's not like I – mean, the events are different, but you do it the nail kind of the, the – kind of, you know, the houses versus houses, the, the vast scope of the politics –
1: Mm-hmm. And
0: we want the same intro, says Kurt. You know what? I wouldn't like absolutely <laughs> hate that. That intro is so iconic and good. Yeah. You know, da 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 da. Maybe it has a few more seasons left in it before they completely retire it. <laughs> what do you think? I'm not even entirely joking.
1: reha- reusing the theme song. It's it gets you pumped. You know, it's like Star Wars. Whenever you hear da, right? Ooh, different movies, maybe. same theme song. Um. So yeah, that could be.
0: Yeah. It says, I love, Kurt, Kurt also says I love spinoffs. Duncan would be great, but we're still high off wolves and dragons. I agree with George. Finish the book first. <laughs> oh yeah, I agree. It'd be nice to finish the book first. I just mm, yeah, will <laughs> we'll, we'll 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 see.
1: Well next month is um was that national uh writing month? <laughs> yes nano or whatever. Yeah, so uh-huh. perfect opportunity.
0: <laughs> oh yeah, that that's that's what he needs. <laughs> that was A the missing ingredient. <laughs> what was nano um, as Julie says, I would love to see Sears and Dunkin' Egg*. They were an easy read too. They were again. It, it was it was this pleasant um, kind of a uh, laid back approach to Westeros and Game of Thrones, and um, it's just just like a a lower stakes version, which I really did enjoy because um, I don't know. Sometimes, like not everything has to be, has to be about the fate of the world, you know. Like, sometimes mm-hmm. you can just have, like, a fun little side adventure, and it can be just as satisfying if you just focus on the characters. But yeah. maybe we'll get a Dunkin' Egg show at some point.
1: That'd be exciting. <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. Okay. Um, any other thoughts on House of the Dragon or Game of Thrones prequels to another next topic,
1: Mia? Oh man. No, I don't think so. Awesome interview and um yeah. I know. I hope he comes back for some more. We'll be rolling out
0: <laughs> some um articles on it all this week, so feel free to stay tuned. And by the way, if you're listening out there, we are available in podcast form on iTunes, Google Play, wherever podcasts are available. But now, Mia, we um it's twenty twenty. Or it, it, it's it's the back half. It's the back is it the back fourth yet? Um Oh, I don't know, months. Yes, it is. It's the back, back fourth. October, November. Yes. I don't know why this will be so long, <laughs> but yes, it's the back fourth. Um, it's been a difficult year. Things have not gone according to plan. But something that has been nice, the television. Some good shows on this year. The Boys mm-hmm. season two made a lot of waves. Lovecraft Crunchy was a lot of fun. There have been some good things to watch. And Mia, it's not over it's not it's not over I thought in this kind of last segment we could go through some of the big TV shows coming up this year and maybe like the t- the very start start of next year like you know sci-fi and fantasy stuff and say um how excited are we on a scale mm-hmm. of whatever you want to whatever you want because okay, there's some good stuff coming up okay you ready yeah and all yes. and, and all you out there how excited are you to watch? any of these shows or are you at all do you plan to maybe we'll change your minds let's see okay first on the list i think we're doing this in chronological order coming up on literally friday you mentioned it you know him you love him it's the mandalorian coming to (laughs) disney plus on october 30th the second season of the first ever live action star wars program mia are you excited for this
1: Oh, yeah, I am. It's cranked up all the way to an 11, baby. I am. (laughs) I am sweating. I am shaking. I can't believe it's finally happening. Still doesn't really seem real.
0: (laughs) Really? I mean, because honestly, it it was only a year ago that it aired its first season. I mean, like by today's standards of like Game of Thrones and I don't know, Westworld and other these big dramas. This is coming pretty quick.
1: Yeah, I was really, really, I think when we were talking about this way early in the beginning of the year, even the spring, and you were like, they're still on track for October. I was like, there is no freaking way. We've got COVID. We've got, you know, I, it's just the production overall is so high quality. It's like a movie, basically. And I'm like, how can you turn that All out, you know, now. within a year? Yeah, so... uh I, my hopes are extremely, extremely high for this. I have no reason to be disappointed. And I really hope that doesn't happen. Um, but yeah, they, they've they drawn up a lot of hype uh, over this, you know, last month since the trailer came out yeah, and all that. Yeah. So I'm really excited.
0: The world is hyped. I mean, I, 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 I said before, I loved the first season. My, my favorite Star Wars thing I've ever seen, period. Like, again, mm-hmm. not a giant Star Wars fan, but that I, I liked a lot. Um, <laughs> I, I hope they stick to the kind of, uh, again, like, not not low stakes, but, like, comparatively small scale. Like, they kind of have a Dunkin' Egg thing. It's Mando mm-hmm. and Baby Yoda traveling the universe, getting into scrapes yeah. and adventures. It is – it is pl- that show is pleasantly simple, where it's just these two guys having all kinds of wacky times <laughs> around the universe. I really like that about it. And I want it to keep going in that direction. And yeah. – um. You know, the first season was so good, I'm going to give the benefit of the doubt until I have reason to say otherwise. So I'm going to give this about um, an 76 out of what? That's none of your business. But that's where I am excitement-wise.
1: That's cool, yeah. And... Um... You know, we've been talking about this a lot. Like, they're kind of cutting it real close to maybe breaking outside of their original mold because they've got all these characters who are supposed to be cast in it, and now it's kind of like a branching-off point for some spinoffs, like Ahsoka Tano. Uh-huh. There might be, you know, maybe. Boba Fett, or, you know, all these sorts of people who could be in there. Um, it's really like they're just picking literally anyone now from Clone Wars or Rebels, and they're like, they're probably going to be in there. Like if you're in that show, you might be in the Mandalorian. So uh, I, I don't know what to expect as far as that and them being interconnected, but I do hope that they still keep it subtle. They still keep it. Just like you said, Small. the adventures of baby Yoda and Mando. Uh, I've been rewatching season one and yeah, just really, it still knocks it out the park. I was like, this is, that's this good. Is, you know, something else. Yeah.
0: Fingers <laughs> crossed. Um, and as Karen says, that's because it's Disney and not HBO, presumably how they get it out so fast. Um, I mean, I don't know. If you can do it that fast and do it efficiently and safely and not like hurt anybody, I say go for it and do it well. I, I, again, yeah. we'll see if it pays off in a couple of days. All right. What about after that on uh, November 15th, we have the fourth season of The Crown which I know isn't a sci-fi or fantasy show, but it sneaks in <laughs> here because every because it's like about kings and queens and they all wear fancy outfits and crowns and stuff. I mean, I'm not yeah. kidding. That, that, that's that, true, that, yeah. that, that, That's why it's on here. It's about royalty. Um, I mean, historical fiction is kind of our niche a little bit. I've always liked the series. This is so interesting because I talk about like, stakes. The crown, which the fourth season A, it is going to have some cool stuff. It's going to have... Um, Elizabeth Debicki as Princess Diana, obviously a pretty big modern royal figure to our popular imagination, and Gillian Anderson, Scully on the X Files, as Margaret Thatcher, <laughs> British Prime Minister. Who, by the way, how, how are we doing?
1: Yeah. Okay,
0: yeah, I'm gonna go ahead and do my Margaret Thatcher impression. <clears throat> oh God. Um, the Falkland Islands belong to Britain, and I want them big. There it is. It's not Thatcher impression.
1: <laughs>
0: um, are you excited for The Crown at all, Mia? Season four.
1: You know what? I've never really kept up with The Crown, but I watched... Like, I, I don't think I've watched really any of the trailers, or I might have watched the first couple episodes of season one. But I think there was something about this one that were like, Lady D is going to be on there, and I mm-hmm. watched the um, trailer and all that, and I got kind of excited about it. I don't know yeah. if it's just because of her mark on pop culture. So for me, it's kind of, even though I wasn't really a part of that generation to begin with. So she kind of having a, like that, a long
0: shadow, doesn't she? Yeah. Like here. having
1: that Megan Markle feeling or, um, um, Kate Middleton feeling like, Oh my gosh, you know, there's a new princess and all that. <laughs> um, so yeah, this one looks kind of interesting. I, I, I tweeted, I was like, I might just catch up on the crown just to see this, um, arc. I, sure. it's kind of weird it's like you've got this heroes and villains you've got diana then you've got margaret that so <laughs>
0: <laughs> i mean i i, I really like i have watched the crown i've enjoyed it i've always like struggled to really love it just because it's mm-hmm. so it's got this weird combination of we're technically incredibly important and powerful but the stories themselves are like of the royals doing the piddliest little nothings and like, but, but, but they're all treated like it's a big giant deal
1: because yeah. like
0: I had to choose a stamp or like, <laughs> like this, I don't know. It, it, it seems like the life of a Royal is pretty boring, I guess, in the 20th century. Yeah, it's
1: no Downton but, Abbey, I guess. but Which I, Downton Abbey I love. That was very, to me, I, I didn't mean to cut you off. Oh, that no, one still, good. you know, has that aristocratic feel to it, but mm-hmm. the drama felt a lot realer. I don't know. It, it. I don't
0: know. Yeah. No, I I, I totally hear what you're saying. But um, Lady Di and Margaret Thatcher do have me interested, so I might dip back into it. Because I have watched it, but I kind of like fell off around season three. Yeah. But again, the power of celebrity might bring me back in. All right. Moving on. After that, on November the 16th, the day after, I don't know if they coordinated that, we have Mm -hmm. the second season of His Dark Materials, which is an HBO's adaptation of Philip Pullman's his dark materials books. Um, I read the books a while back just for, for fun, liked them a lot. They're very, very popular books in Britain. They're kind of like they, I guess, they're kind of young adult books, but <laughs> they were like they're one of those ones that were like written before it was a thing, like so they didn't know they yeah. were young adult books. They're very kind of, um, kind of like a, a mannered fantasy series, very interesting, very charming. Um, very imaginative. I liked him a lot. The first season I thought was good, um, very well made, very like well crafted in that in that like impeccable HBO way. I thought like some of the juice from the books was missing, but the second book, The Subtle Knife, is is probably the best in the series of the trilogy. And this is going to be the first time it's been adapted, and I have hope that they'll um I don't know juice things up a little bit with this really good source material and just uh avoid some of like the kind of weird mists in the first one which was still good just not everything i was hoping for for an adaptation of this beloved fantasy series mia do you have any thoughts on his dark materials
1: um yeah not entirely i can't believe it's been a over a year since i saw the uh comic-con panel (laughs) where um you know most I'm even drawing up like I know Lynn Manuel Roman- Miranda was there.
0: And
1: who's the lead? Uh, the young woman?
0: Ooh. Oh, Daphne Keene. D- um, yes, Daphne she Keene. She was yeah. Lil Wolverine from and, Logan. Yeah, X
1: Men, cool. yeah. So she was there as well. Um, and so I remember kind of like seeing the previews for it and just like kind of being like, ah, eh, it's not really my cup of tea, but I can see why. You know, so many people love the books and kind of wanted your um, redemption from the movies. <laughs> yeah, no one <laughs> or likes So those. I've heard. So um, did it? So did this series at least redeem? You know, that movie, or at least the first movie that came out. That's kind of like here's a better adaptation of it.
0: I think most folk are pretty in agreement that it was better than that. I mean, it, it was just weird because like they introduced some elements from the later books like really early. I didn't quite know why. And I was like, "It it, it was very slow paced, especially in I'm not sure it needed like the full suite of episodes it got. It's one of those shows where I'm like, you can cut out a couple of these and you'll be fine. Hmm. Um but again the second book is is stronger in general. And I mean all like the pieces are there, the acting's the acting's quite good, the production is very, very good, like the writers yeah. come highly recommended. Like, it's all there. They got everything they need. It's, <laughs> it, it, it's going to put it together and, like, you know, put the Lego where they need to go to build the robot or whatever they yeah. got to do.
1: And isn't, I think Andrew Scott is going to be in this He one. is. Andrew Scott hot, is in it. Yeah. Hot Priest. I love his accent when he's, like, on Sherlock. He kind of talks like this. I love that so much. <laughs> he's a great actor. So, I don't know if I would watch it just for him. But, uh, you know, I think he, he just won Olivier Award, too, I think. Um, I don't know. For but, I don't remember what he's in, but. Maybe he, I don't know.
0: Yes, he, he's Just in gonna addition so, to the cast. giving some hot priest hype. It looks like Mark Hunter, <laughs> who I believe is uh, Sir Mark Hunts on YouTube. To watch this. Hi, Mark. Good to see you.
1: Hello. Um,
0: all right. So, yeah, for that one, I am giving it um, 18 robots out of 20 salamanders in terms of my excitement.
1: I'll give okay. it one Lin-Manuel Miranda.
0: There you go. Um, on December 16th, we have the fifth season of The Expanse on Amazon. Which is a program that everybody seems to love. That I just I I I, I, I can't fully get into. Um, it's it's Game of Thrones in outer space. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, it's our future. We've populated the Earth, Mars, and the asteroid belt, and there is a you know simmering political conflict between these two three things. Are we going to destroy? Are we all going to destroy each other? Um, can we live together? Together, are we going to live? And it's been on for five seasons, has a huge fan base. You like sci-fi stuff, Mia. Are you into The Expanse? Mm -hmm. Would you try it out? Gosh, you know is this when you're going to get on board?
1: Something was... I was going to watch it this weekend. Oh. I don't know what happened. I think I ended up going shopping. And then my dad called me. And (laughs) I got this laundry list of excuses. But I did want to check it out because you keep saying that it's something that I should, you know, maybe judge for myself to see if I want to watch. So it's definitely on the list after I get this whirlwind of a week after The Mandalorian. Um, sure. And I've got some time to watch it before season two, so that's good to know.
0: Yeah, exactly. I don't know. I, I figure just given what you keep saying about, like, what the, the kind of stuff you like, it feels like you might enjoy it. But, um, I don't know. You can tell me and then we yeah. the, can the Okay, do you
1: know... I didn't Google this. Is season one on Amazon Prime yeah. now or what? I have I to... I believe okay, everything's cool.
0: on Amazon Prime. I was watching season two okay. the other day, trying to get back into it. It's a good show. <laughs> it's well done. It's just... Um, I don't know, it doesn't seem to have, like, the uh, the sexiest of Game of Thrones, maybe? Something's not quite clicking for me, but, mm-hmm. but, but I'm going to keep watching. And um, I'll try to pick it up when it comes in December. Yeah. All right, next on the list, we have The Stand, coming December 17th to CBS All Access. The miniseries adaptation of Stephen King's enormous American post-apocalyptic Lord of the Rings-like fantasy. Like, this is one of his biggest books, and that guy writes a lot of big books. Like, this is him in, like, full 70s, 80s, coke binge write mode, like, writing for 48 hours straight, not stopping. It is an important Stephen King work. His stuff has been getting, like, more and more adaptations lately. Everything from Mm -hmm. Castle Rock to um, It has been a big thing. And now they're making The Stand with some good people in it, too. We've got um, Alexander Skarsgård as the villain, Randall Flagg. He's kind of like Satan incarnate, basically. We got um, uh, just uh, always dependable James Marsden as uh, Stu oh. Redman. Yeah, he just shows up in so much stuff. It's yeah. like, like, call James Marsden is on a lot of people's yeah. uh, shortlist, I think, in Hollywood. Because he's so dependable and his cheekbones can like cut ice with them. Still. That is very true. Um, are you familiar with the stand at all? Or with or with or with Stephen King's oeuvre?
1: Oh yeah. I believe we talked about this a couple of times because it's kind of like that post apocalyptic <laughs> narrative that so we were like, Oh, is this is this something that, you know, should be put out right now? Yeah,
0: it is about a plague that wipes out most of humanity, which um funny timing. Funny yeah. timing that oh, <laughs> and Whoopi Goldberg as a uh, Mother Abigail. So this has got some stars oh. in it.
1: Yeah. Gosh, you know, James Marson, if you tell me he's in it, I would, you know, automatically run to it. The only problem is the door is closed and I don't have CBS access. I really don't plan mm. on getting
0: it. <laughs> I, I really mean, don't. So. I mean, look, there's there's other ways to get it. You could ask somebody or you another could, way. I don't know, choose another path, a dark path. <laughs> but we won't, we won't, we won't talk to too far about side. that.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So I wonder how this will turn out. Maybe if CBS does the Paramount thing where they merge and they get kind of all the Viacom properties, maybe I'll subscribe to that. And then, you know, sometime in six months, you know, they'll fill Kiwi's spot and I can get this and watch The Stand.
0: Well, Mark says he's a big King fan. I plan to watch it, Mark, because I am. I mean, like, um, for one thing, I like that this is just a miniseries. It's not like season one of an eight season show that I'm going to have to follow for the next eight years of my life. This is like going to be one story, one story that... You know, has stood the test of time, like Stephen King books, you know, he he has his lovers and his detractors, but he can tell a good yarn. And this one is a, a pretty dependably good yarn, even though it has some of those like Stephen King weirdness stuff. I agree, Mark, <laughs> by the way, The Outsider was terrific. And they're having a second season of that. So I will watch this. I'm planning to watch this. Um, I'm not sure if I have CBS all access, but I'll find a way because um, <laughs> I like the story. I like the cast. I like the fact that it's going to respect my time,
1: oh, um, yeah.
0: and um, I just want to see how big they can swing. I also like the original miniseries back in the '90s with um, Lieutenant Dan in the James Marsden role. Oh, really? Gary Sinise, oh,
1: yeah, I love Gary Sinise too.
0: <laughs> yeah, I'll just
1: I'll just watch the old one in, in, in lieu of watching that.
0: Do it. it, it it's it, it's one of those ones that's like it's good, but it was clearly like made. In the '90s, you know,
1: yeah, like you look like back, the 90s and it'll... it,
0: yes, In like I already said, it. it's it's more expensive <laughs> than that, but not okay, okay, but not much more expensive than that. Okay, it was good though; it was fun. Uh, and Mark needs to check about synopsis of those books. Um, plague wipes out humanity. Uh oh, and Julie might give it a go if we get it here, which we'll see. Hey, Jen. Good to see you. And as Christian also agrees, outside was very enjoyable. Can't wait for the stand. All right, we got some standards. I'm going to call us standards.
1: Standards.
0: Standard bearers. The Let's stand go with that.
1: Stands. Oh,
0: there's so many possible permutations <laughs> of this. All right. I think we're getting to the end here. And finally, dipping into next year, on January 10th, we're going to have the third season of American Gods by Neil Gaiman, from the book by Neil Gaiman. Okay, this show has had an interesting past. Um, are you familiar at all?
1: This one I barely, I barely, barely know.
0: Okay, so I'll, I'll lay it out quick, quick for you. Like I read the book a while back. It's one book. Like this is the opposite of the stand. If like the stand is a really big book, we're gonna we're, they're gonna do one mini series and respect your time. American Gods is like not that big a book. Like I read it. And it's, uh-huh. it's, it's it's not huge. More like and more on season three. So they are switching <laughs> this one out. Yeah, the premise is cool. It's um. Gods are real, like all gods, like Thor and, I don't know, Osiris from Egyptian mythology and anyone you can think of from past and present. And they all kind of come to America with the immigrants who bring them with them. And then there are new gods that we, you know, dream into being of things like technology and media and probably iPhones now because he wrote (laughs) the book a while back before that was a thing um and they're all kind of at war in the middle is this character shadow moon ricky whittle um who's kind of like a demigod guy who there's trying to kind of negotiate the war between the new gods and the old gods it's cool and gaiman is of course a very famous very respected very very smart very clever author who does his research into like things like mythology and um just just a good storyteller um and ian mcshane is playing uh mr wednesday who's actually odin he's kind of the Sort of anti-hero, I guess you might call him. Bad guy, good guy kind of thing going on. He's great because he had McShane's wonderful. Um, I watched the first season and it was good. I mean, it was kind of stretched out because again, not very big book, but we're on season yeah. three. Um, <laughs> but it's fun. I mean, I love all the 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 gods with their crazy powers and it takes risks. Like I think Marilyn Manson's gonna play like the god of volcanism or something in this one. That'll be cool. No. <laughs> Does any of this ring uh, strike any chord with you, Mia? Does this interest you?
1: Um, you know, some of his work, I know his work is very popular. Still, there's something about this. I don't think, I, w- I don't want to say it's too out there. I bet it's really good because I've heard some good things about it. I know the cast is pretty good as well. I don't know if it's worth my time. Right now, unfortunately. Yeah, I I
0: understand it. It it, it is kind of an in-between one. It is in January, so maybe everything else will be done by then. It also has, like, a really troubled past, the show. Like, there have been, like, two separate showrunners who have left, and it's only on season three. Now they have a new guy who used to do The Walking Dead. Um, Like, a bunch of cast members left, like Jillian Anderson, Margaret Thatcher, um, was on at once as media. I love my Margaret Thatcher impression. Oh, yeah, that's very
1: good.
0: It lost... uh, uh, Orlando Jones, who was very, yeah. like, a very public split with it, accused them of um, basically being racist and not kind of uh, prioritizing his character or, like, focusing on him enough. Um, it lost a couple. Oh, it lost uh, Kristen Chenoweth as kind of the god of the harvest. So.
1: wow, yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's had, like, a lot of
0: turnover. Um, but I kind of respect that it's still, like, picking itself up and going on, I guess. That's cool. Yeah. Um, whether it's worth watching is a closer call yeah i don't know
1: It yeah, yeah, well, well good for them that's what i'll give it a, a good for them out of 10 yeah.
0: <laughs> all right so <laughs> exactly i agree with you good for them out of 10 so of these shows what are you most excited for name like your top two
1: uh okay well then i guess the mandalorian is already number one that was sure. a lock in and you know what? I am I'm also gonna have to give it my number two spot to the crown. Cause I think that was the other one where I was actually kind of like, okay, I might have to come back to this. So yeah, those I are my two. How about you?
0: I do Mandalorian, obviously. And I uh, I think I do the stand. I I am looking <laughs> forward to that. Like I'm some type of a giant king epic that has uh, stood the test of time. And the other things looking forward to, Mia?
1: <laughs> hmm. I am. Oh, the Doctor Who. Um, I think it. Ooh, the holiday special. Is oh, right, be that's on coming New up. New Year, I think. They used to be Christmas specials, but now I think they've switched to New Year's special. So I'm looking forward to that. Um, oh, and I thought there was something else too, but that one for sure. I'm like, I'm kind of, I'm excited to get back into Doctor Who again. I'm, I've been kind of missing it.
0: <laughs> Very cool. Yeah. Um. And yeah. Anyone out there looking forward to something? And of course, long term, House of the Dragon. Oh my God, what happened? Oh, what?
1: we forgot a big one. WandaVision. That's oh, in November. right. I did forget
0: <laughs> WandaVision. I'm looking forward to that one too, actually, because that looks yeah. weird.
1: Yeah, that's going to be really, really cool. I already bought, pre-ordered two of the Funko Pops for them. I was like, I haven't even seen this and I've already ordered, you know, two Funko Pops.
0: I think tomorrow on the Wit Club we're talking about merchandising so I can excoriate oh, yeah. you for that practice there. Which the Wit Club, by the way. I'll drop a link right here to find out more about it, and um, we can pretty much sign off. Long term, looking forward to House of the Dragon, of course. Thanks again to Ryan Connell for talking to us. We'll be uh, we'll be kind of rolling out a bunch of interview stuff with him over the week, the rest of the week into the weekend. So stay tuned for that. Wit Club information is right there if you want to get exclusive videos and articles and prizes. Uh, if you would click on that link, otherwise, lots we have to look forward to. And thanks, everybody out there, for watching. Mia, do you have anything else to say before we sign off?
1: Oh, no, no, no. We'll be back. We can talk about The Mandalorian next week. Yeah. Oh, we
0: can. Very exciting. Oh, Christian agrees. Mandalorian in the stand. And bye, All Julie. Right. Bye, everyone. We will see you next Wednesday at 4 p.m. Central Standard Time. Bye. Bye. This podcast is brought to you by Simon Join our community of over the 300 sites from sports to pop culture and everything in between.